0: Hey, guys, what's going on? I'm live here with a couple of my best friends and mentors, Ed Noble and Jeff Dodge. What's up, guys? How are you doing? Doing well. All right. Hey, I want to just introduce what we're doing. Um, We are fighting isolation, uh, Mm -hmm. and so we're trying, we're doing our best to communicate with the outside world and one of the things that i need in a time like this is to be with friends and and brothers in christ to try to process what's going on i mean jerry seinfeld does the comedians in cars getting coffee or something this Mm -hmm. is like pastors in meetings talking (laughs) jesus or who knows what this is is we could
1: go get coffee
0: (laughs) this is an opportunity to uh let our friends and people in our church just kind of get in On our conversation and just talk about how we're processing this Mm -hmm. this moment that we're living in Um, just to introduce everyone to Ed Noble. Ed was my youth pastor and uh, you baptized me when I was 15 years old right before my sophomore year of high school and Mm -hmm. uh, God did some cool stuff. I I always call you my spiritual mentor Mm -hmm. and I call Jeff my pastoral mentor and uh both of you guys it's some interchange there, but uh this is a cool moment for me to get to get both mm-hmm. of you guys on a call and and to for people to see the men who have shaped my life um mm-hmm. almost as much as anyone else in this world so this is cool um Ed just to let people know we we uh you know my sister followed you and Linda out to California yeah um, when you went out there ed's a teaching pastor or lead pastor teaching pastor i don't know what sure. Ed, Journey Community Church, uh, out there in San Diego. And, uh, my sister followed you guys out there. And so we've stayed connected over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, this is cool. Um, I just want to start by asking you guys, how are you doing? And we'll start with you. How, how are you doing, man?
1: Um, probably like a lot of you guys, uh, I'm a little stressed out. Um, the, uh, you know, I had somebody, uh, uh, texting me, talking about this forced, uh, Sabbath or this forced sabbatical that we're all on. And, uh, I'm waiting for that to start for us. I I don't know about you guys, but it seems like, um, I right now, at least uh, on my my staff team, we're working harder than ever because we, we don't know how to do this. Like, uh, we sort of kinda of know how to do church we were doing it like sorta of, and now we're in a like you know i'm I'm old and i I've been around a long time and I've never gone through anything quite like this so yeah it's crazy and we have all the you know just like you guys we're our, our uh, we were on four platforms this weekend uh, for our live services and of course at nine o'clock on Sunday for our first one our main platform, you know, just puked all over itself and we're like, you know, I'm, my phone's blowing up. How come it's not working? And so, yeah, we're a little stressed, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, it, there's, uh, I don't know if you guys feel this. I'm feel I'm feeling a lot of adrenaline. Like it just feels like, uh, that fight or flight thing is hmm. not very far from my consciousness. So wow. Wow. I don't mean we- to whine, but, uh, I would like you all to feel sorry for us, so please feel sorry. Thank you.
0: <laughs> well, we you you—you've got the the organized religion thing.
1: Mm-hmm. If
0: you you know, if you hate organized religion, what's that?
1: You'll love us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you hate organized. You know, like, you'll love this church. So,
0: so I'm sure that's all the all the more true right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, for us too. Jeff, you talked about explaining it to your sister about the the oil painting. I thought that was a great picture
2: yeah yeah my sister's uh a creative and um i to- i was trying to explain to her what i was feeling inside i said carol it-, it would be as if another artist just handed you like oil brushes and a canvas and that's not your medium you know and just said well here you're an artist go do this i i, mm-hmm. I feel like I- i'm a pastor i love people i, I love the bible how exactly I'm going to pull all that together in this new context or this new medium. I, I do. I feel that I think that, um, adrenaline fight or flight thing might, might be the best, uh, way to describe it. I, I hadn't thought of it in those terms, but I feel like I'm kind of frantically trying to figure it out. I had an idea this morning to a way to minister to our families. And so I'm immediately contacting calling, trying to figure out, how, you know what I mean? Like, oh, this is something new. Anyway, just every new idea, you feel like all of a sudden the, the clock begins to tick right there because it's time sensitive and you got to put so many different pieces in place. Anyway, now I'm whining. Well,
0: as if people didn't know what pastors do during the week, they mm. definitely don't know now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we don't even know. We don't know. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely oh, yeah. been one of the most stressful seasons of ministry that I can remember. Mm. Uh, waking up in the middle of the night multiple times. I, I don't struggle with anxiety much, mm. but man, I, I feel it. And, and just mm. even in my chest that way. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, hey, with that, I just think it'd be so cool if we could join believers. I mean all over the world. Globally, the Pope asked people to pray Mm. the Lord's Prayer at noon. Mm. And so Mm. here we are. It's noon, our time, Ed, uh, 10 o'clock for you, but um, Mm. we will may get to this later, but your love for the Lord's Prayer. I wonder if you just pray us through the Lord's Prayer to start our time.
1: Yeah, Yeah, let's do it. So, you know, for you, um, I don't know if you guys experienced this, but the longer I live and the longer I walk with God, um, it feels like the longer it takes me to pray through the Lord's prayer, you know, because it's, it's, it's everything. It's it is prayer. So, yeah, we'll we'll try to make this reasonably the reasonable length. So take your time. Yeah, take your I, time. I, I will uh, be honored to to just. I got this great view of it's cloudy and cold here in California. So I got this great view of the of the clouds over my head. So it works for me. So mm. yeah, let's let's pray. So our Father, uh, the one in the heavens, um, you guys know that all, almost always in Matthew, Jesus uses heavens in the plural, our, our one in the heavens, the one who is in the very space around us, inhabiting the space between the protons and electrons and the neutrons of every atom. Uh, Lord, the one, that is, the one, the Father that is closer to us um, than a brother closer than our own skin. Um, Father, we pray um, and we stand with you. And we imagine ourselves right now, standing with you, a father to son, father to daughter, um, with your arm around us. And just like any good dad with his kid, you saying, okay, Junior, let's let's do this. And so we, with you, um, and that your name be hallowed. Lord, we say your name will be hallowed. Your name will be exalted. And Lord, during this time, I pray for everybody that's listening to this and everybody, Lord, that's praying around the world right now. We pray that we would stop taking casually what we should have been taking seriously and start taking casually what we've been taking seriously. And God, so we pray that your name would be hallowed, that you would exalt yourself in our eyes, that you would do a great work in us so that we would actually love the Lord our God with all our heart and our soul and our might, and we wouldn't miss the point of life. And then, Lord, we pray um, that your kingdom come. Lord, in fact, we stand with you and command the reign of heaven to come to the earth, um, to the to the ground in San Diego and the very ground in Iowa City and environs, Lord. Uh, we pray that the, your kingdom would come and your will be done as if heaven had already arrived. And God, we're trusting that you would give us this day our daily bread. And all three of us remember especially, Lord, we've all heard from our own churches of people that have already been laid off that have already been furloughed, that have maybe lost their job. People that were looking for a job when this happened and now they're really in trouble. Um, uh, I'm thinking of the line of elderly people in their cars right outside my door that are waiting for our food bank to open. We pray and we command with you, Lord, standing with you, we, we, as if we're looking down with you, we command that, you're, that you would give us this day our daily bread that you would put your favor on your people lord and we pray forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are indebted to us we thank you that you are in christ reconciling the world to yourself not counting our trespasses against us and so i pray and i join with uh, jeff and mark and everybody that's listening to us and the world um we pray that there would be a great jubilee like remission of debts um Lord where people find jesus lord where um where they realize that they could die from something, if not this, something else in fact that we pray that there would be a great understanding of mortality in in our world and in our nation, and uh Lord, we would repent of this obsessive avoidance of the one thing about our future that we know for sure is coming and so we pray that um that uh, you would release people through jesus through the redemption of jesus from the slavery the bondage that the evil one has held them in through the fear of death all their lives and lord we do pray That you would lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one and every scheme and scam. And we together with you, Lord Jesus, bring your name. We invoke your full authority and your completed work in coming against every attempt of the evil one to oppress and afflict and trick and trap and tempt your people that you would deliver us from his every scheme. And we pray, especially at this moment for our children and our grandchildren, that the wisdom of this world and the lies of the devil would be as foolishness in their ears. And Lord, that you would use your great authority to deliver us from his every scheme. And we say, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen hey sorry for the length of that
0: no that was that was good i was i was, right, was, I was actually taking notes the whole time thank you for that amen. um amen amen yeah, you know
1: it's um this might be a little interpastoral talk here but i was just um we were just teaching on through the lord's prayer of uh, well, i don't know two <laughs> months ago i've always thought how tried to figure out why <clears throat> why are all the the requests in that prayer in the imperative. They're all aorist or present imperatives, mostly aorist imperatives. And uh, for, for those of you that are non-pastors and didn't want to learn Greek, um the uh, no I'm just kidding. But um imperative is like a a, a mood. It's it's one of the ways that uh, that verbs become Commands, as it were. And so uh, and I finally I, I just felt like God gave me this as I wrestled with this, this this kind of stick figure picture of God with his like arm around us, and we're together looking down and and, and insisting with God that his name is hallowed, and insisting with God that his will is done, and insisting with God that that bread. Is given to the poor and to the needy, and it, insisting that sins are forgiven. You know, these are all things that are. I mean, and how glorious is it that Jesus told us to pray, "Forgive us our debts," which means we know for sure it's God's will to forgive us. I mean, to me, that wow. right there is like, yeah. Wow. You know, so, you know, so. <laughs>
0: wow, I love it that God speaks to you in stick figures. I know.
1: Like, well, we gotta, <laughs> you got to dumb it down. You know <laughs> <laughs> Jeff said that's my medium
2: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's awesome everybody, and what- uh, Hey, real quick Mark Just, I was just going to say for everybody listening in that right there is an example of uh, the role that Ed has in my life and I feel like kind of uh, channeling through Mark <laughs> channeling through Mark often <laughs> uh, but any kind of one-on-one encounter I can't have with it man there's God's just given you uh, a spiritual gift of discernment, I think, of wisdom to be able to um, see what's there, but maybe is unseen by by many of us, unless that gift of discernment is really powerful mm-hmm. used. So I'm I'm oh, great. There, man. I, I feel thanks, like I'm really bro. leaning in already, and um, yeah, I'm definitely in the audience on this one. So keep, I, you know.
0: because of your influence, Ed, I I begin and end every day with the Lord's prayer. Mm-hmm. And I guess I, I just want to ask you, a lot of people have kind of an aversion to it. Maybe they've quoted mm-hmm. it growing up and it's become meaningless words. Why is that such a meaningful prayer to you? Why, well, why, do, you think it's, why do you think it's so important that Christians do pray the Lord? Well,
1: prayer? there's a, Jeff might remember the name of the guy at uh, the seminary he went to that um, wrote, the, he wrote a book that came out about 10 years ago on the didache. You know, um, he's a guy at masters. I can't remember his name. Yep. But uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, there's this doc, this isn't why, but there's a Mm -hmm. document that uh, you guys are familiar with uh, called the, depending on didache or the didache, which means like the teaching. And it's super old. It's like late first century. Like it was written, like, I mean, the ink wasn't even dry on the Bible. Now you know that's, that's more complicated than that, but the ink wasn't even dry before the Dadake was already circulated. And it was kind of this thing of we got all these people uh, flooding into our churches because the Jesus movement was going crazy. These people are from absolute zero knowledge they're no longer they no longer have a jewish background no longer know the stories of the bible so they 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 wrote up this thing called the teaching which was a kind of an outline for new members class and it it can be read in what would you say jeff like seven minutes maybe yeah. i mean it's really short yeah and it just says do this do this do this <laughs> it's like they're, they, it, wow, uh, handbook. yeah it's very much like like a tract you know and it's not philosophical or especially theological, but it says, but one of the things it says, learn the Lord's Prayer and pray it three times a day. Because these, you know, these guys are used to, you know, these are ex-worshipers of Zeus and Apollo and Artemis and all these false gods and all these mystery religions. And and so um when I first came across that, I thought, wow, well that's pretty early. And then you know you just for whatever reason, I I know this isn't common, but my my favorite, one of the gospels, like the one that I seem to always gravitate to is Matthew. And and, and eventually it hit me after like the 93rd reading of it or whatever, where Jesus says, and when you pray, say this. (laughs) You know, like, all right, that's not complicated. Say this, you know, and then there's this, where the more I thought about it I thought you know like we in our kind of churches prize um we seem to value extemporaneous prayers you know I'm just gonna praise the spirit leads you know but it's funny how many of those extemporaneous prayers tend to sound the same every time we pray them you know so uh you know um and you notice this like in church services like yeah it's so why not just admit, man, maybe if there's uh, footsteps we can walk in, you know, like, you know, an illustration, you, Iowa guys can understand. Like, if the, you know, when you're walking in the snow, you know, and you can follow someone else's footsteps, especially if they're bigger and heavier than you, maybe, maybe we'll get, I don't know. It, and it just seems the older I get, it's like, yeah, this, this is what I want in life. I want God's name. Like I pray over my kids, and I have my whole life or most of their lives, that God would, that God's name would be hallowed. That, in other words, they would value God, that it wouldn't be like a, there wouldn't be obedience. It would be beyond obedience to, you know, like to where they actually love God, you know, like, Mm, yeah. So, and I want the kingdom of God to come. You know, when I pray for a sick person, I want it to be like heaven. It had already showed up. You know, and uh wow. and I and I and there's safety there too, right? I mean, we we can know, hey, there's no doubt I'm praying God's will here. I am praying in sync with God on this one. So so to I me, also it's like, love
0: it. I also love it that your time in Omaha in the Midwest is is still a factor in your illustrations, the snow.
1: You know it, man. I I did my time. (laughs) I did eight winners, man. It's like (laughs) eight real winners.
0: Oh, my word. Hey, one of the things I've been processing is, as a pastor, how do we, um, how do I think about this moment? I mean, how many global pandemics do you get in your lifetime to pastor people through? And I'm trying to think of what's the, how do you keep your prophetic voice without being just it's kind of weird going prophetic on online services when you're talking to your computer screen and because you want your tone to match the the moment where it's not like you know you're throwing down john the baptist repent and you know or perish or whatever but you want to communicate the the mercy of God in the midst of this and the love of God so communicating with truth and grace what's that look like and I was kind of reflecting maybe you guys can help me think through this like in Luke where he's talking about about the Tower of Siloam remember that Mm -hmm. and and the Tower of Siloam falls on these people and Jesus says you know do you think they were worse sinners than you and and then he calls them to repentance Mm -hmm. and I feel like this is a time of national tragedy where Jesus is calling us to repent. And I I love how you prayed it. You you said something like, stop taking casually what we Mm. should have been taking seriously. And I think this idea of repentance, Mm -hmm. what should our tone be in this moment? And what does it mean to call someone to repentance? I mean, Ed, that's something you've talked about as kind of one of your life missions is to Mm -hmm. rehabilitate the word repentance. And Mm -hmm. so, I guess from you guys what is that what does it mean to call people to repentance and and what is the tone that you're doing it with does that make sense yeah
2: i Ed, you need to take more time than me okay but i can't believe you asked that question mark because it wasn't i don't know 30 40 minutes ago that i i saw that there's a prominent, I say prominent, I've never heard of him, but uh, a a loud voice in evangelicalism that uh, was talking to our federal government saying things about this pandemic um, being associated with certain people groups um, that evangelicals typically target um, and that this is God's judgment on the Western world, blah, 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 all that. Um, swept China in there. Everybody's, you know, and the reason that it grieved me um, is not because I'm opposed to God bringing judgment down on his creation. It was more that my sense right now is that what the scripture says, it's time for judgment to begin, but let it begin within the house of God. If there's anybody that should be pointing fingers, it should be all of us pointing fingers into the mirror, like as Mm, churches, as evangelicals, as (laughs) pastors, right? And, and so, to, to reinforce this idea um, to, to my neighbors that evangelicals just take every opportunity to rain down fire and judgment at everybody else, point, 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 mm. was such Come a on. grief to me. I'm like, no, no, I just wanted to, I felt like I just wanted to silence, you know, yeah that voice because I'm feeling the weight of saying, no, me personally, Mark, you and me, and then Veritas Church, what do we need to repent of? What yeah. is God trying to do? I, I never want to be the same because of this. And I mean, for the better, you know? Um, so anyway, sorry, I went on that, but that oh, was just so yeah. that happened, And I was just stunned. And anyway, sorry, Ed, you go though. Uh, and I love that. That's yeah. I was just, um,
1: uh, we have an initiative. I don't know if it's got out there yet. We're asking everybody in our churches to pray 15 minutes a day for these, for these 15 days, you know, where we're trying to flatten the curve and uh, it's a multi-church thing. It's, it's really cool. And as I was praying my 15 minutes last night, I felt like God brought that verse to my head. You know, the judgment is going to be, should begin and should be welcomed to be with the household of God. Right. And, uh, but you, you know, I was thinking, um, you know, I've, uh, Probably we all scrapped whatever message we had planned these last two weeks and tried to just go, What's the word, God? What, what, where are we going here? And I, that's the word that came to me. And it was a lot about us, like about me, about, about Journey, about our church. And that, uh, and, uh, and I think that what if we began to see repentance as an invitation as God saying, man, I, I value you so much and I value your life so much. And you're as an imago day being you are of such value that, man, you need to like lit, like in the, um, the, the Greek word is this is super obvious. It's the met, metanoia or metanoia and it it really obviously means to change your mind, your brain, right? And in English, it's 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 just as obvious in English. Repent, like um, uh, the word to uh, to think in French, where the word repent com- or actually comes from Latin. But in uh, La- in French, I think it's pens pens-a or pensé. like you know uh, Pascal's famous book is called. Um, in English, we'd say pen sense, but it means, I think it's pronounced pense and it means to think, and we're, God is inviting us to rethink, like, how we're doing life, like, really, is this really the life that you want to live, and now that our lives are put on pause, God is, I think that's the question of the day, God is saying, okay, now, and we're, and all three of us are reading that book by, uh, what's that dude's name, uh, Homer. Ruthless, Homer, yeah. Yeah.
2: Homer. yeah, right there.
1: And that's kind of the, that's his, his question. Is this really life you want to live? And that's not a, I don't think that's God yelling at us. I think that's God loving us. I think that's God saying, hey, um, you know, this thing is short, right? Is this really what you want to do with it? I mean, you, you really want to spend, uh, you know, these four shutdown times binge watching 42 hours of Netflix. I mean, maybe, but maybe it's, maybe this is when you learn to, like, personally talk to your kids about God, you know, like, uh, like, you guys are probably doing, like us, putting all kinds of resources for parents to do children's church and Sunday school, like, home, because, like, us, those of you who are parents, and me, grandparents, and ex-parents, I guess I'm not an ex-parent, but you know what I mean, I'm not in the game anymore, it's like, we're the first responders when it comes to our kids. We're the, we're first, and now right now we're first and last, like if we don't do this and how cool would it be if the kingdom of God actually gained ground at Veritas Church through this? Like, and gained ground at Journey. And that, that all of a sudden, like I had a parent text me last night and say, he sat around the dinner table and said to his kids, Uh, Now, his kids are, I think, junior high age. He said, what do you think God is saying to us through this coronavirus time, through this isolation time? And he's, and I don't, he's, uh, and then I had a a person say, um, they were doing the, you know, the online stuff, and, and they were, we had some discussion questions after the message, and her and her husband went through the discussion questions and she said, and they're both really solid Christ followers, but she said, you know, we usually don't talk about this kind of stuff together. And I thought that is the kingdom gaining ground. Amen. And hey, if that's what, I, I am so convinced guys that what the devil meant for evil to push back the kingdom, I think God's gonna totally flip it on his head and wow. this is going to move the ball down the field at, at, at Veritas. And, and it-, it
0: reminds me, when you were at Christ Community saying goodbye for your little farewell banquet in the gym or whatever, mm-hmm. I remember uh, before you got on a plane, I don't know, the next day or whatever, your last words to me, we were in this long greeting line and we we're going through and giving hugs and saying goodbye. And, and your last words were, don't forget these two words, but God. You know, and this is kind of a I hear that coming out in you right now, just like Mm. this is our but God moment. Like, but you know, I was just reading Ruth this morning, and they're in it's after the time of the judges, Mm. where what a (laughs) sordid, messed up time.
1: Happiest book in the Bible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I could not get through it fast enough. Right. (laughs) And I'm trying to get the Bible project people to help me understand what the heck it means and why. And then all of a sudden I get to the first chapter of Ruth and it says in the time of the judges, Mm. in a famine, in Moab. I mean, just Mm. think of the, how jam packed all of those things are with despair and death, her husband and and sons. And, and it's like, and it ends with this phrase, but the Lord gave her a child. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's like, Mm. but, but god here mm-hmm. comes jesus is coming you know mm-hmm. and uh i i i love that uh just just the the what you just shared there mm-hmm. this the kingdom yeah. of god advancing jeff how are you seeing like this yeah. potentially being used for god's yeah i've had
2: my my head in uh the opening pages of revelation uh ever since uh Blake who's on our our worship team that he uh it just dropped the last time we were able to actually all be together physically uh he just talked about revelation three and the and the church of laodicea and that's just got me on this whole thing and again that's probably why i was heightened in my attention uh to that news feed thing i mentioned a bit ago because you think of revelation as this unfolding of god's judgment the cataclysmic and the, the final curtain call on the world but it starts with a letter to his churches, and not just kind of the capital C church at large, to each individual church. Mm. Like, I know what's going on in your church, in your community, your leaders, and and everyone is very specific to them, you know? Mm. And I'm thinking, wow, I want to have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, and not not to Journey Church, not to, you know, whatever, Redeemer Church out there, whatever. To, to Veritas Church, Lord, what is Your Spirit trying to say to this particular church at this particular time to this particular leader, because um, he's doing something magical? I think mm-hmm. the Big C Church globally right now. But my time to be concerned with what's going on necessarily with God's church in China, which I think is probably in a better place than our church yeah. right here. Yeah. Um, but but my I. I pray for that and, and give my brothers and sisters high fives around the world who are also on this journey. But for me, yeah, I just, I feel like, wow, God, I think you're being very specific right now to what you want to do. I think it's so know, to the angel Ed there at journey. Here's my letter to you. Have ears to hear what I'm about to say. Mark. Very so Let know. me,
0: let me ask you guys. Cause I, Jeff, I called you on monday to apologize for my tone during staff meeting which i feel like it's my heart i'm leading like one of the disciples in the boat with the storm and not like jesus who's waking up from a nap i felt like my tone to our staff was like using wartime language like guys this is wartime everybody gets you know whatever you were doing before it's time to, you know, let's, I I think Mm. you're going to have a job, but let's get to work and everyone gets a new job description and kind of this wartime language. And we need, you know, platoon leaders to lead this charge on this, you know, thing and this group to lead this. And, and I felt like there was something off about it. Like, Mm. I don't know, like, what is, what is the way of Jesus in a pandemic? Mm. What is the jesus way to lead because the media you know there's kind of the frenzy of of all of this and then there's jesus and and so what is the way of jesus in this
1: moment mm-hmm. i'm only going to answer if i'm sure that none of my staff are watching this um, <laughs> because you know, like sometimes, you know, um, you know, we have a Friday night service, and so uh, I don't know if you guys. I mean, I, I know Iowa's a little different than California, and sadly, we're considered a hotspot. We uh, on uh, Monday, for example, they they literally closed the beaches. Um, you cannot go to the beach. There's this great. Um, thing on Instagram, uh, um, if you follow you, uh, it's a good follow, by the way. Kind of, it's like uh, you guys heard of Kook Slams. You got to follow Kook Slams on Instagram. It's it's hilarious. <laughs> but um, that's my spiritual advice for you. But uh, you know, like on Thursday night, we had a we had a plan. You know, and it feels like it feels like okay. Here, this it's this bad and we are this restricted and we can only have 250 and then we can't have this and six feet apart and then then the very you make a plan you know to to move forward okay we can do this and we're gonna do this and this and then the next the very next day it's like this and you've had two or three things taken away from you going all right all right our new plan is this and all right we all right everybody okay all right well, let's do this and then the very next day something else comes and so You know, having a Friday night service, that gives you like, even if you have Saturday night, that's one less day. And so on Thursday night last week, the governor of California gets up and basically orders the entire state to to uh, shut in place or shelter in place. So all of a sudden, you know, um, I have panicking staff that are like, ah, we can't do anything, man. We're not even allowed to do church or, you know, and. um, so uh you know I, I did everything i could to um figure things out we actually got a word from the chief of police of san diego that it was okay to meet uh, we um, you know consulted lawyers and all this stuff just trying to figure this out and then then i noticed that there's i don't know if you guys have seen this or any of you people listening have seen this there's actually i think a generational divide like there's a there's a way that people that are my age kind of their attitude towards this and then all you millennials out there there's a way that you're kind of rolling with this at least here in california where you know there's this uh thing of like you know well i'll just leave it like that so my bias. Wait, no right. you can't
2: leave it like that okay <laughs> I'll it
1: that. I let it rip if i could just say this with all the humility of a boomer that like has way has screwed up the world as much as any generation ever. <laughs> so, um, you know, maybe, maybe save Genghis Khan's generation, whatever they were called, generation 04 or whatever. But um, the uh, the, you know, there's this, it's like the perfect storm for some people to, to be able to feel like a morally good person without doing anything, just telling other people not to do stuff, you know? So anyways, we just had, I had lots on Friday. I had lots of with people that are awesome team members, like, like some of my best people, but there were these long tense phone conversations of like, what does this look like? And thankfully it cleared up later. You know, the vice president got on Saturday on the news conference and encouraged people to do online services. And to, I don't know if you guys heard this, Mike Pence actually said, keep those tithes coming. Like God bless Mike Pence. I actually know him secondhand by the way. So there's a guy in our church that was in a, in his daughter's wedding, like one of the groomsmen in Mike Pence's daughter's wedding. Said he's a great guy, but anyways, and I and to answer mark's question um I think the main thing that pops into my head is that Jesus led through crises with utter confidence in God, like he just had this confidence that god God's got this like and and it and it was in his bones, you know like in his emotional person and his you know what I mean that's that's the go to sleep in the boat guy, right? It's like, uh, and, and I think really some of our, you know, general pattern like reflexes, um, at least for me, that's about maybe that confidence in God isn't all the way into my being, you know, like that Psalm 86, I prayed at the beginning, you know, that, that God needs to unite my heart to fear his name. There's parts of my heart that are rebel hearts that are still not confident that God is worthy of my trust.
2: And Mm. I don't know. That's, that's, that's a hard question. Mark.
1: Yeah. Jeff,
0: what are you, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think here's, what's the challenge is that I feel like all three of us are trying to process for our own souls. And then we turn around, we've got all these eyes looking at us, you know, for direction (laughs) and help and, and a lifeline to be thrown out. You know, and we're, we're trying to get our sea legs under us with this thing the whole time, you know what I mean? And so so I love, you know, even the, the nudge to go back to things like the Lord's prayer. That's been my mantra as well to folks is go back to some of your dearest friends, go back to Psalm 23, go back to the Sermon on the Mount, go back, Mm -hmm. go back to some of your dearest friends in the Bible, those passages that are just your go-to's. Mm. and and just really dwell there right yeah. now you know and and let new layers new levels of meaning by the spirit kind of grace your heart um now now's not the time to you know set some new goal for reading all the minor prophets that you've never read before you know sure, yeah. <laughs> now's the time to to really sink into familiarity hear that shepherd's voice Mm-hmm. That is familiar to you and take great comfort in that. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. yeah.
0: What are some, Ed and Jeff, what are some specific precious promises? You know, through these, he's given us his very great and precious promises so that through them we can escape the corruption of the world, you know? Mm-hmm what are some things you guys are standing on? I mean, we were, I was in Psalm 46 last week and, and the question is, what do you do when the ground underneath you is shaking. And I was just thinking about the two points of sermon were just look down and see what you're standing on. What's shaking. If it was the Mm -hmm. stock market, it's a good time to look down and see, Mm -hmm. are you standing on shift on sand, you know, that's sinking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then look up, you know, the psalmist says there's a river streams make glad the city of God that, this picture of the river, the, mm-hmm. the garden, the, the kingdom of God is not shaking. God mm-hmm. is not shaking. The kingdom of the city of God is not shaking. Mm-hmm. We got to look down. Mm-hmm. Our feet planted on the rock of Christ. We got to look up and dream about heaven. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, I don't know if you remember the, um, who's the guy uh, that wrote uh, Meaning in Suffering, Man's Search for Me? Uh, guy Frankl. Yeah, Viktor Frankl, the guy that lived through the Holocaust, and he was a psychotherapist and treated it as a big experiment. And he noticed mm-hmm. the people that survived were were not the strong, in shape guys. It was the it were the it was the dreamers, mm-hmm. you know, the one who mm-hmm. had meaning on the other side, mm-hmm. beyond the. And so I'm just, I guess, those are some things I'm I'm thinking about personally it, to mm-hmm. encourage people. Like, what what are you guys? standing on, what promises, what truth, mm-hmm. what, what is your kind of anchor mm-hmm. right now?
1: Yeah, Jeff, I don't know if you're feeling this, but um, times when in your quiet time, it feels like the lines of the scripture just pop off the page. You know what I mean? And this, this to me feels like one of those seasons where um, when I'm reading the scripture, it feels like things are just popping off the page. And I, and, and like, I love what you said, Jeff, to stick with, um, this is a time that if you didn't have like habits, you know, of, that help you practice God's presence, th- start, start something now. Um, there's never, if, if this had to happen, now is that thank God it happened now where you can go on your phone and have forty five Bible translations with you version, and you can download a Bible reading plan while you're watching this. you can download a Bible reading plan that is solid that'll get you through the New Testament in six months or a year or whatever, and so um. And I just, there's a couple things that popped for me just, and, and they're like Jeff said, they're, they're really basic things. But I, you know, um, in my Bible reading plan, I just finished Matthew yesterday and Jesus says, Hey, while you guys are running around making disciples, well, I'm going to be with you always. And I, I said in the message last week, um, there's a world of difference between God's omnipresence and I am with you always you know there's there is a philosophical theological truth that God is present everywhere at the same time that is called God's omnipresence and that's great but there's a difference between that and God saying I am with you and uh in in the old testament that in in fact it seems to me like that is the promise of God, and every other promise is a derivation of "I am with you." You know, every the promise to provide, to heal, to comfort, to 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 lead is all. I, and you know, in uh, in in Hebrew, the language of the Old Testament, there's no there's no word for this concept of God being present with us. There just isn't a word like for presence. The word that it uses is pani, which means face. Like, you know, it's like when you seek God's presence, it's always his face that you're seeking. You know, when God says, I'll be present with you, I'll be with you, it's, it's like his, every time you see this, and I, I could be wrong, but I've, I think I've looked at all of them. Every time it uses the English word presence, the Hebrew phrase behind that is God's face, pani. And so that's, that's, what's just with me is God is saying, listen, you guys, you're trying to make disciples here. I'm, I'm going to be with you in this. So you're going to be okay. And your decisions they are not going to be perfect, but they're going to have my presence. And so they're going to, this, this stuff we're trying to do, it's going to work. You know, it's, it, it's, we're going to, we're going to come through this with the kingdom of God advancing. So for me, that's been
2: the word. What I love about that, Ed, is I was thinking about that, uh, that very idea of God's presence, his face uh, from Psalm 37 earlier Mm. this morning, because I love the part where it says, um, and even if you stumble, even Mm -hmm. if you begin to lose your footing, Mm -hmm. uh, the Lord, it says, delights in your way he delights Mm. and so he is the one with his righteous right hand picks you back up so in other words the imagery there is um, if you begin to stumble around and you look up at God's face you're not going to see him like disgusted eye rolling agitated no he's both adoring you that the countenance of his face is adoring and Accepting and loving and expectant. He walks, mm. and lifts down and lifts us up so that we can stand it and keep going on our journey. He doesn't hurl us headlong. He doesn't get angry and agitated and say, Forget it then. We've been down this road. I've watched you do that. So you've stumbled over that same rock every single time. You know, he doesn't. Yeah, nope. yeah. I look up at his face and I see one of joy and patience and consideration you know and he just lifts really. me back up and you know mm. slaps me on the behind and keeps me all right yeah going, yeah you've know? so you like, been
0: jeff i i love too just your word from psalm 23 your your daily podcast called catch your breath but from that idea of the good shepherd maybe you can just do a quick yeah, explain just, that
2: yeah just in psalm 23 uh often there's the phrase in psalm 23 he renews my life but actually, uh, I think that puts it way, way too kind of futuristically. Uh, and I, the, the Hebrew is actually, he lets me catch my breath. He gives mm. me breath. And mm-hmm. so the idea is he's led us to this beautiful green pasture where there's still waters and it's just pleasant, you know, but there's in a couple verses, a valley he's going to lead us to. And so he's going to let us like hit pause and like, catch our breath, because we're going to need that as, as he gently walks us from pleasantness into time of difficulty. And so I just think along the way in our journey, that's that's why we go to the word is sometimes we need wisdom. Sometimes we need an answer for this or that. But often we just need to catch our breath. Often we just need to look up and see our father beaming down on us with that countenance. And we just need to remember that he's with us always to the end of the year. And so often my time in the word is not some euphoric you know rockets blasting some huge new insight mm. it's just this daily moment to like whew, catch my breath and remember that he's he's shining down his countenance on me and that's man that's that's why i'm encouraging our, our folks not just during this time but like you're saying ed if it isn't your daily time make it your daily time now just to hear his voice just just to be reminded of his, mm. of his beautiful presence with us like you're uh you're talking about yeah hey jeff what? can can I just say, man that that
1: encapsulates why God uses you, you know like why God has used you over the years is because um you, you guys know this that somebody's uh, picture of God and the, the one they carry around in their head, um their uh, the feeling tone with which that picture is painted. That always leaks through when they preach. You know what I mean? That will their picture of God will betray them or bless them one way or the other. And that right there is why you're an amazing preacher, man, and why God's used you for decades. Because it's like, man, that was worth that was worth the price of admission right there. I love that. So write a I book like, like Psalm 23, like just- dude.
0: I feel like Jeff, both of you guys have done this for me. I mean, people have heard you, you know, quoting Hebrew and Greek and Jeff, just love for the word, passion for the word. I feel like both of you guys have loved God's word into me. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, what I, that's what I love and admire about both of you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Ed, I, I, would love, I would love to hear from you, you just on, you know, we're talking about the with God life. And I'm, I just picked up uh, The Great Divorce, you know, and I, it's so fascinating to me because I, what I see so far in the pandemic is not, I don't, and, and maybe it's because I'm out of touch. Um, that's, you know, we're all isolated. And so I'm limited to the number of conversations that I've had, but I haven't seen, I've seen this happening among people in the church where they're pressing into God more, but those on the outside, I don't see them necessarily flocking in
3: uh
0: and and it's just interesting in revelation 6 you know the people run and they hide in their caves and i'm like well that i i used to think that's so far-fetched but now all of us are in our caves (laughs) it doesn't seem as as the apocalyptic vision seems like it could be real um but but it's interesting i don't see people like running into the kingdom of god and but it is a it's an awesome life. It's a, with God life. It's a, it's a vision of, of life with God. That's compelling. What gets you excited about heaven as we look forward to Mm. being with Jesus. I mean, I just want to talk about heaven Mm. and our hope, our living hope here for, for a minute here in our, our, we've got, you know, about seven minutes left, but Mm. what gets you excited about heaven?
1: You want me first? or
0: Either one. Because I, and just, and just this, like when Willard said, you know, what's heaven like, mm-hmm. what's heaven going to be like And Dallas? Willard said, it's like the 10 best moments of your life
1: forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's, um, you know, I think that this connects Mark with what you said um, and what, on Sunday, um, it felt like the Lord was leading me to, you know, the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7. And uh, you know, the house on the rock, the house on the sand. You know, it's a, uh, this is a weird kind of storm that we've, but it's a storm it is. Um, my own view and you want in you know, epidemiology, I'm not your guy, but it just, my own view is that the health crisis is done. we're probably gonna still be feeling the waves, the economic devastation of this. Um, and uh, and, and the, the demonic aspect of this, the, the clever demonic <laughs> scheme involved, seems to me that the last thing that this that this cultural moment needed was an encouragement to isolate you know the last thing we needed was hey everybody stay in your house and get out your phone and look at your computer and your screens." i mean yes i'm thankful for the technology that we could still like preach and worship and all this dang that that was the problem you know like uh i i was saying to people man (laughs) i I love that your people would say i can't make it to church because the kids got softball or We're on travel ball and this and that, but we're going to catch the podcast. And I would just say, hey, good. But you do know that's not church, right? You you know that's not as good. And so, I don't know. Sorry for the rant there. No, dude,
2: that's real. Ed, I'm glad you're saying it because that's that's real, isn't it? I mean, do do we feed that that already kind of tidal wave of um, movement of disconnecting? Yeah. um i mean this is what sociologists like robert putnam you know for 20 years have been warning our our nation is this this constant mm-hmm. pull away from connectivity um you know and, and though he's a you know a secular dude looking to the church among other ways as well to gather and keep a collective keep a connectivity but you're right, dude, that I've thought that same thing. I Mm -hmm. like it's too early to be like that prophet of doom or whatever, but I'm afraid a little bit for that as well. And church, how are we going to respond to guide people back to connectivity um, when, when given the opportunity?
1: Oh yeah. I, I, am so with you. In fact, we did um, that's funny that you mentioned Robert Putnam. We uh, I think it's September. I I don't remember when um, we did a series called bowling alone. You know, that was his great no book. way yeah yeah <laughs> oh, that's Dude, awesome. you, I recommend I recommend that for you guys just the idea of isolation has its own inertia and heaven is the ultimate breaking of that isolation you know like and I know C.S. Lewis's book is not a doctrinal treatise on you know heaven and hell and, and demonology and all that stuff but it is I think the essential idea, you know, the essence of heaven is the presence of God and the essence of hell is separation from God and everything that comes from God, right? I mean, that's, you know, then we can discuss how literal all the various, you know, metaphorical things about that situation are. But yeah, I I think that my prayer for our church and, and my prayer for Veritas now is I'm praying that our people develop an ache, you know, that, uh, this separate, this sometimes, you know, you don't really, it's like with little kids, right? They don't really care about having something till their brother wants it. You know what I mean? And then it's the most precious thing in the world. You know, I'm praying that as church has been taken away from us, you know, like, at, I mean, church in the Ecclesia, you know, you can't, one of my buddies on Twitter says, we're not doing church this Sunday. We are, you know, live streaming our worship and message, but by definition, church must gather to be church. I don't know. I, that's, that's true-ish, at least, right? So I, I'm praying that, and that longing, that ache to be together, which I think, I, I think our people actually feel that right now. I'm praying that that spikes because that really is an echo of heaven. You know, like every worship service, every time we gather and God is exalted and he's loved. And, and especially in our worship songs, how we're, you know, proclaiming our love and proclaiming our loyalty to God and proclaiming his worth and know and just rejoicing in his redemption it's like dang that's that's heaven that's that's heaven right and so when people long for that they're longing for heaven and 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 i think we're one step closer to actually making real life disciples of jesus in in this thing dude i'm gonna live
2: on that hope right there man that's that's beautiful that maybe by taking it away for a time maybe that's actually going to have the opposite effect. You know, again, where, where Satan maybe meant it for evil, God's going to mean it for good. Mm-hmm. But we're going to, man, the minute we get the green light, you know, the minute we, we get the go, we're going to, can't wait to get together. And something that maybe we've taken for granted is suddenly, mm-hmm. again, very precious. Wow. Man, that's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang yeah. on that boat. That's That's where I'm going to go.
0: Yeah, thanks for that. I mean, the isolation is giving us kind of a... a glimpse of hell it's like
3: you've i don't
0: know you've you've said this like this is you know if you're a christian you know this is as close as you're ever going to get to hell (laughs) yeah and if you're uh if you're not a believer you don't follow jesus this is as close as you're ever going to get to heaven
3: yeah
0: and and i think that that word of just what isolation is doing that we're all just like this is not good the the with God life is what we long for the with you know Um, Ed what I wonder if you could just close our time with just uh, maybe I asked you to do this when we were together in downtown LA uh, Mm. with with Mikey and Ryan and my dad and Jeff and I said could you just speak a word over us and maybe Mm. um, just over there's maybe there's somebody that's listening. Um maybe it's of our church, but just just uh kind of end with maybe a word for us.
1: You know, um something Jeff said uh jumped out at me um in you know in Revelation, you know, that's like there's this refrain, let him who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the other place that occurs is in uh Matthew thirteen, where Jesus um, is teaching the parables, parables yeah. and he says, let him who has ears to hear, let him hear. And that phrase is only found in the mouth of Jesus in the Bible. And, uh, and I think that it's not like God is saying brand new things right now. And maybe he is, it feels more like he's, Pointing us to stuff he's already said, and it's like all of a sudden we're in a place where we go, oh, you know, I'm sure. How many of those did the disciples have? We're like, they're going, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what he meant. <laughs> you know, um, totally. There's, and so I maybe we're in a moment where, where like. When it says, "Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, but encourage one another to love and give deeds," and all the more as you see the day drawing near, maybe our maybe there could be a massive collective um, spirit of wisdom and a revelation in the hearts of our people, where where all of us as Christ followers go, ah, mm. oh, that's what that means, you know. Mm. Remember in Life Together, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said um, the physical presence of other believers is an unspeakable gift from God. And I mean, that's the kind of thing a guy says when when he's in prison and, and can't be physically present, right? So maybe there's this moment where we go, ah, so you mean travel ball and... My kids' soccer isn't more important than them learning the ways of the Lord. Oh, and you think, well, how, how did we not know that already? But let him who has ears to hear, let him yeah. hear. And it's, so, a,
0: it's a call to rethink. Amen. Rethink and I think yeah. how you're doing life, the, the possibility of another kind of
1: life, mm, mm-hmm. as John Overig says. Mm-hmm. And and as, like, as Psalm 23, like, right, what was Dallas's book called about Psalm 23? Life without lack, you know, mm-hmm. we really can have that if we want. And so may God, mm-hmm. may God give each of us as we lead through this and every other pastor that we know and don't know, may God give us um, ears to hear Amen. what the spirit Amen. is saying to the church and then a mouth to say it as clearly as and lovingly as possible informed by a vision of the living god and his supreme and ultimate worth mm. um, and may people may people really may this be the moment where god delivered them from missing the whole point of life wow, which they were in danger of
0: wow. let's go yeah let's yeah. go man ed i was worried coming into this i'm like do i need to start with the disclaimer like the opinions shared on this ed, don't reflect the opinions of veritas but you you were on best behavior today we didn't have Thank to you. beep anything well out we didn't right. I mean, it was, it was
1: <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to make up from our la time where it was a profanity laden uh Uh, and folks just from me just from me (laughs) (laughs) but i just got off a two-hour three-hour train ride so i train ride seriously oh
0: my word there are so many other questions i want to ask you i would love to get into your kind of your own, I mean, processing this book and your mm. own period, times of solitude. You take a couple of days every month just to go into the desert for prayer. Mm. I I would love to hit on all these topics. There's so much more I want to talk to you about, but I'm mm. going to wrap it up and I'm actually going to leave the last word to uh, Jeff. If you could just mm. just close us out uh, with a farewell, kind of a benediction yeah. or a word or a prayer, however you yeah. want to end it, but
2: Okay. Yeah. Take us out. Real, real quick. And and this is way more base than you're looking for Mark, but Ed, when we're off camera and not live, I'll tell you about meeting Robert Putnam. Uh, oh, no getting, way. It includes being in a urinal next to him and embarrassing myself, but it was one way <laughs> that I'd do it all again, just to be able to say that I got to talk to oh, Robert Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but, Russians with uh, greatness. <laughs> hey, no, seriously, for everybody listening in, um, may this even be a model of something you guys could do reach out to an old friend, man, take the, take the time to lift up the phone, grab a zoom call, whatever Google hangout, do, get, get some old friends together, reconnect with some people that you don't because of your busy life. And suddenly maybe you do have a little bit of margin. And, uh, this has been a pure joy for me. I hope that seeped out and other people got to enjoy it as well, but man, let, let the fellowship that you're seeing here, uh, kind of speed you on to have your, have your own little collection, your own little fellowship out there. And uh, we're, we got another guy. We're going to um, hopefully have Ray Ortland on here uh, one of wow. these days and stuff. So uh, we're going to try to gather some new friends and old friends and uh, keep the conversation going. So yeah, grace and peace, everybody.
3: Awesome.